Hi, how are you? You want to go to the mall today or hang out or go to a movie or go get some flowers or go grab a lunch or a coffee? Yeah, you don't hear that anymore, do you? But you do hear this. Hey, welcome to the Harland Highway podcast. It's me, Harland Williams, your host and MC, I guess. Um, hope you're doing okay. Another virus special to help you pass the time. I hope you're you're coping okay. We got a lot to go through today. Oh my God. We're going to be talking about the future of stand-up comedy and where it's going. And is it even going anywhere? Could stand-up comedy be over? And at the end of the show, I'm going to offer you some stand-up comedy relief. Wait till you hear that. Also, we're going to be discussing what's going on with all this thing. Has, has, this, has this virus exposed a lot of the, the illusion of, of how we live our lives? Of the, of the people in charge, of the people who aren't in charge. We're, we're going to talk about all that. Also, the question of the day. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we got a weird one. It's probably something you've done, but it could be the most annoying thing in the world. Also, a piss me off segment where we're talking about people learning how to use their computers to do Zoom calls and a visit with Carl Flavors down at the beach. He's got something going on where he's ignoring the quarantine. So put your mask on. Here we go. This is the Harland Highway. Sit down, strap in, and tighten your diaper. Come on. You're about to go down the Harland Highway. That means that every woman in this village who is capable of childbirth is going to have a baby. You shit-kicking stupid. Stinky horseman or smelling motherfucker, you tell me his name. You must tell me his name. This is Harland Williams. Oh, well, my mistake. <laughs> Guess I'll be on my way then. <laughs> you just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. What have you done to it? What have you done to its eyes? All of you. All of you freaks. <laughs> Heavens to Murgatroyd. Whether you're wearing a pullover or a cardigan, it's the Harlan Highway. I have to hang up now. Oh, how's your virus going, boys and girls? How's your little virus going? How's your lockdown? How's your stay-at-home order? How's your you'll do as we say or we'll come and take you away? How you feeling? Are you starting to figure it out? Huh? Do you get it? Are you starting to question it all? Are you starting to wonder who and what's in control? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the brand new show. Come on in and see what's happening. Pay the price. Get your tickets for the show. Are y'all starting to feel it? Are you are you all starting to feel it? You know that that old standby that we all have, like, oh, it's the life's just an illusion, and all this stuff is nobody's really in control, and it's all just a big facade. And well, is it just me, or are you, are you really starting to feel it? You know, I, I look around at this virus. I look around at how different countries are handling it. I look around at how different counties are handling, how different states are handling, how, how different politicians and, and medical experts are handling it. 
And, and do you get the sense that it's just all over the place? One week, uh, you know, the, this virus is nothing to worry about, and two weeks later it's, it's going to kill 4 million people, and then another week later it's only going to kill 40,000 people, and then you don't need to wear the mask, and you don't need to wear the gloves, but now you do, and you can't. First, it's you got to stay inside, and then they find out that maybe it's actually safer to be outside. And oh my God. And China did it this way, and the US is doing it this way, and Sweden's doing it the other way. And certain states opened a few weeks ago, you know, Atlanta opened up, Georgia. And uh, they're not having any increase in, in mortality. There's no, the, 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 the virus isn't spiking. It's doing just fine, but yet some states are shutting down tighter than a bullfrog's butthole. And then you turn on the telly and you try to watch stuff about the virus and then you start seeing stuff about, about the, 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 the leaders, the quote-unquote leaders of the free world and of the communist world, the unfree world. You see how, how communists are making doctors and people who speak out about the virus just disappear, handily disappear, their families disappear. And uh, they're allowing, the Chinese were allowing people to not travel around China via air, airplane, but they can fly to other parts of the world. They wouldn't let them land in their own country, but they'd let them fly to other countries knowing that the virus uh, had human-to-human contact, transmission. And then you turn on the TV and you're seeing stuff about our politicians and you're learning all these things about about people that have been unmasked and spying and high-level politicians you know, that have been infringing on people's rights and, and spying on them and and politicians locking people up for opening their barber shop and who's doing what and when and how and, and people trying to bend the rule of law and twist the Constitution and bend it all up and burn it down and destroy it and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Who's in charge here? Who, who, who's getting anything right here? All these wacky new rules coming out and, and tr- trillions and trillions of dollars just being handed out like it grows on trees, like it, it doesn't come from anywhere. Well, we gave t- two billion out trillion. Let's give another t- three trillion. And while we're still handing that out, let's work on another four trillion. And is anyone else just going, wait a minute? What, what, what are the rules here? Who's in charge? What the hell's happening? This is just, this is a great big uh, facade. It's a big illusion. We've all been just going through the motions, living in this, this weird, phony world.
sure, we've all been playing our part. We've all been actors in this little play. Poets and songwriters have written about it for years. Authors and, and scholars have, have written about the, the perils of society and the facades and the, the illusions and the, 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 the non-realities and that it's all just cosmetic. And we all play, oh yes, oh what a deep, what a deep thinker, oh what a riveting speech, oh what an interesting essay, what a, what a wonderful uh, article in this magazine about, oh the, what's really happening in the world. And we all just kind of pass it off because we know at the end of the day we go home and it doesn't really affect us. They can write about it all day and life just goes on because we're all, we're all cast members in the same play and we all have our part and we keep on rolling. But now, now, now suddenly, suddenly this virus comes along and it's like uh, there was an earthquake and and all the actors are, are shaking and they're falling off the stage and they're falling into the orchestra pit and they're they're scrambling around. They're forgetting their lines. They don't know what to do anymore. They're discombobulated. And, and doesn't it kind of feel like that's what's happening to a degree? Is it just me? Am I the only one feeling this? It feels like a, a lot of things are being exposed. A lot of, I don't know. You start to wonder, what's the line here? What's the line that we cross? Where suddenly we start to go primal. And people are so confused and misguided and, and lose their belief in things. All the institutions we've so cleverly built up over the years, the rules of law, the rules of civility, the rules of society... Oh, we've made the most beautiful parameters. But then when you see people at the highest levels lying and cheating and stealing and, and deceiving and misguiding people and just basically not even having the answers, you know, people you, you look up to like thinking they have the answers. And usually there's something, there's some form of cover or some form of uh, masquerade or camouflage that usually pulls it off. It's like, oh, okay, I don't really buy it, but okay, let's go to the Cheesecake Factory. But now that things are shutting down, now that things are, do, do, we, do we accept it anymore? Does it become more, uh, more prevalent? Does it become more obvious? Does it become more glaring? Wow. So Love the echo stuff, but are we all the same? That's what this this uh, this thing's kind of starting to reveal. 
you watch the news and you you watch you watch the way things are breaking down and you start to feel like certain people are are outside of the law and certain people are being uh, persecuted unjustly under the law. You, you you just start to wonder what's right, what's wrong, what what's the balance here, for God's sake. And you just, you know, you, during this whole crisis, you, you kind of see things starting to fray at the edges and come apart at the seams. And you're, you're like, oh, my God, it's all, it's all been a big illusion. It's all, it's all been held together with these, these fan- fantasies and these, these, these glorious pictures that they've painted and made us all subscribe to and buy into. Oh, my God. It's like we're all at the movie theater and we're all lining up at the at the candy counter because we know that's where the food is. Oh, look at the bright lights. Look at the menu with the, the big picture of the buttery popcorn and the, the giant glistening photograph of the, the ice-cold soft drink with the condensation running down the side and the, and the delicious ice cream pops. And we're all just getting in line, stepping into place waiting for our turn to go up and consume and gobble. Except guess what? The snack bar's out of food. The refrigerator's broken. The ice cream melted. The popcorn stopped popping. The soft drink soda wells have run dry. And now we're just standing in the line looking at each other going, um, uh, what are we supposed to think? Who's going to feed us? What are we standing here for? Excuse me, sir. Do you have the answer? I I know you're on the other line, but how about you on the other side of me? Do do you have the answer? What are we supposed to think? What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to eat? Where where do we stand? Where do we look? What do we do? What happened to the snack bar they've been feeding us so perfectly from? Okay, now that I've fully depressed you, <laughs> sorry, gang. You know, I just, I keep it real here at the Harland Highway. You know, I've been having these, some of these thoughts. I've been, I've been seeing, I've been seeing the, the talking heads on, on TV. I've been seeing the media, the medical experts, all the people I just described. And I'll tell you, man, everything's just all over the map. So interesting times. And speaking of watching people on TV, okay, I am getting thoroughly pissed off about something that's happening, not just on TV, but with with us, with people. You know what, Roger? Let me get into it. Just play the piss me off theme, will you? Because I'm pissed off. Don't piss me off. This is Harlan Williams. And you're really pissing me off. Oh, you're starting to piss me off, you little pigless son of a bitch. You pissed me off. Shut up. You're pissing me off. These fucking assholes. This fuck. These fucking assholes. The fuck is their problem, man? Can we introduce, you know, we've introduced this new term, social distancing. This term emerged from from this dilemma we're in. 
from this crisis. It, you know, new term. So l- let me throw another new term at you. How about angle your face? Okay, that there's a new term. Angle your face. Okay, have you noticed we've instantly become uh, because us humans adapt so quickly to our new surroundings and environments, suddenly we're all doing um, FaceTime and we're doing Skype and we're doing Zoom and we're doing BlueJene and we're doing Google Chat. Suddenly everyone, you know, we can't go see each other. So now suddenly we're doing all these things on on, uh, our computers with the video and the phone and they're using it now in the media. You know, before they used to satellite link people in so that they could do an interview at a big, you know, CNN or Fox or MSNBC or whatever it is. You know, they used to have guests live in the studio or they'd have an elaborate satellite link so it was crystal clear. And now, forget it. Now they're, they don't have time and wherewithal to do all that. We've all become these uh, Skype monsters. We've all become Zoomers, and we're all looking at each other through our laptop computers and our cell phones. So here's my new term, angle your damn face. How many of you, when you get on your device to do a video stream, don't put any effort into where you're sitting, where your camera's pointing, how your face is angled, Okay, if I have one more FaceTime or Zoom call with someone where I'm looking up the cavity of their nose so I can see their brain pulsing in their skull, I feel like an eye, ear, nose, and throat doctor. I mean, I've seen nose hair. I've seen boogers. I've seen crap in people's teeth. I've seen crust in people's eyes. I've seen the tops of people's heads. I've seen, what haven't I seen? Can, can you people not grasp it? Just front and center, angle your face, okay? Put your device up on a flat angle that's directly across from your face. Think of your nose. Think of your face as a dartboard, okay? Your nose is the bullseye, okay? Your device should be looking flatly across at the bullseye, as if two dartboards were hanging on opposite walls staring at each other, and they're both at the same height. Okay? I don't want to see you. I don't want to see your triple chin. I don't want to see you leaning in and your 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 lower jawbone is gigantic like a moose. And the top of your head looks like it's up in the clouds. You look like Zippy the Clown or the Freak or whatever it was. You look like you, you look like you're in the in the carnival house of mirrors. Your face is so distorted. I feel like I'm talking to people in a fun house. I mean, I, I'd get a better reception if I threw a rock in a pond and watched your face in the ripples. Okay, and this is just friends and family I'm saying this to. Now cut to professional media people, quote-unquote professional media people on television. And these bozos don't have a clue. I'm, I'm watching, you know, people on CNN and Fox and MSNBC, you know, NBC, ABC, CBS. They're chiming in for a, for a big interview 
global interview, and I'm looking up their nose. I'm seeing the back of their house. I'm seeing their kids run around. I'm hearing dogs barking. I mean, prime example, this guy, Dr. Fauci, the, 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 the medical expert that the whole world's looking to, to somehow have the answers to this whole virus thing, which I don't think he does, I hate to say. I believe he's a smart man, but I, I think he's way out of his league. Because let's be honest, he's got a lot of stuff wrong. He's got some right, but a lot wrong too. And when you're an expert in something, I, I, don't, I don't think there should be a 50-50 split with the right-wrong. I, th- I, th- I can handle like a 70-30 split with the right-wrong or a, or a 20-80 split. But when it's about 50-50, I'm a little nervous now. So this guy goes on TV the other day, and he's the man, right? And so they have a, they have a big like uh, hearing with the guy. On TV, all the big networks are carrying it, and this guy somehow decided to put his recording device like up in the corner of his ceiling. So now I'm looking down on top of this guy's head. He's he's yakking away for an hour, telling us how we're gonna get out of this thing, how we're gonna resolve the the death plague. And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. We're taking uh, guidance from a guy who doesn't even know how to film himself. I'm, I'm listening to an expert while I stare at his bald spot. Hello. Hello, stupid. Like, I mean, I mean, I just don't get it. How hard, how hard is it to, to not know that people, you couldn't see the guy's eyes. You couldn't see his chin. You were, you were literally looking down on the guy's head. And you're thinking, this guy's going on every network in the world. Isn't there someone that can call him? Look, I'm in show business. I know. I get prepped all the time when I do things. It's like, you know, when I go do the Tonight Show or, or Conan or any of those talk shows, oh, my God, this thing's, this thing's more choreographed than Paula Abdul's Wet Dreams. Okay? They're like, okay, Harlan, will you walk up here? You stand on, we put some tape on the floor, you stand here. Okay, you'll hear Conan call your name. You wait for the drum roll. The curtain will open. You walk out, take three steps out, walk across the stage to the right, stop, greet Conan, shake his hand, give him a hug, pass in front of the desk, take a moment, stare at the crowd, wave, sit down, cross your legs, turn to Conan. I mean, like these TV people, they have it choreographed, man. So how is it they can't get on on the blower on the telephone and say, okay, Dr. Fauci, angle your face. Okay, find a place to set your camera somewhere in your massive house where you can just have it straight across from you. So when we look at you, we're looking you right in the face, right in the eyes, will you deliver this very important uh, me- message and information where you're going to try and calm the country down. You're going to settle everyone's nerves. You're, you're going to be you're going to be the daddy right now. You're going to be the the world storyteller, and you're gonna you're gonna help them fall asleep and be comfortable at night. And there he goes. Yeah, I want the top of some old bald guy's head telling me a bedtime story. Now I'm just more frightened. 
Ay, ay, ay. So, new term, angle your face. Okay? Social distancing and angle your fat face. And if you don't know how to do that, at least blow your nose, at least brush your beard, at least get the corn niblets out of your beard, wax your eyebrows, pluck your nose hairs, take the disgusting giant yellow chicken McNugget crusts out of the corner of your eyes, get that eyelash off your cheek, that white drool on the side of your lip to the left side, just scrape it off. Get the parsley out of your teeth. I mean, come on. Angle your fucking face, okay? Holy cucumber dip. One cheeseburger with everything coming up. Okay, okay. So I realize the podcast is maybe a little snarky today. A little, little you know, a little like, uh, you know, a little angst filled. And that's just me, you know, it's like all of us, this stuff's starting to build up, it's starting to weigh us down, it's starting to come to a head, so maybe today I'm I'm releasing a little bit, maybe you're releasing with me, maybe this is, you know, we need this, sometimes you just gotta blow off a little steam, so I'm letting it all out, but I wanna keep the podcast balanced, and and so, you know, I think this would be the, Roger, I think this would be the perfect counterbalance to my state of mind, is we... We go to someone who's always in a very chilled, relaxed, kind of fun and upbeat frame of mind. And I think you know who I mean, Carl Flavors. Um, if you if you got him on the line, Raj? Okay, Raj has him on the line, ready to go. Carl Flavors is a beach bum. Not really a bum, but he's a surfer dude. And this guy, his whole life is just kind of hung out at the beaches down in Southern California here. And that's his life, surfing and wave parties and barbecues and fire pits and girls in bikinis. I mean, I think this guy's got a life that we all wish we sort of had. But it, it seems like whenever I get too amped up, it's always nice to check in with Carl because he kind of brings me back to that place where I can kind of vicariously live through him. But even more important now is, you know, um, we've been going through, uh, with the virus, we've been going through all these beach closures down here in California, you know? They closed the beaches, and then they closed some of them, and then they opened other ones, and then you're allowed to you're allowed to jog down the beach, but you're not allowed to stop and lay down on the beach, and you, oh my God. The beaches are just a mess, and it's another glaring example of the grand illusion, all the stupid rules and the mixed-up rules and the mixed messages. And So why don't we go right to the source, lighten the load, lighten the tone here a little on the podcast, and let's go right to Carl Flavors down on the beach in sunny Southern California and why don't we get it right from the horse's mouth and see how he's doing with the virus, how he's handling things, how he's dealing with these beach closers, uh, considering the beach is his whole life. Uh, put him through, Raj. Let's get him in here. Carl Flavors. Uh, Carl, are you there, buddy? Carl Flavors, hello. Yeah, what's up, Uh Carl, is that you? Yeah, it's Carl, Carl Flavors, the friends in the waves brush. Wow, okay, so we thought we'd find you. You're Obviously, you're at the beach. We can hear the uh, seabirds in the background. Uh, that's right, Bros. I mean, 
It ain't a sunshiny beach day without the gulls cracking in the air, brush. Yeah, the, the gulls cracking in the air? That's right, brush. They're cracking fresh in the airways, Presepiage. Wow, so you're at the beach. We figured you'd be there. Uh, Carl, uh, how's it going down there, man? I, I know that there's been kind of this kind of back and forth with the, uh, with the officials and the politicians. They've been shutting the beaches down, and then they keep reopening them. I know, right? It's kind of going back and forth like a dirty ping-pong ball in a back alley behind a Baskin-Robbins, bro, yeah, it's just they, they keep kind of changing their minds, and how are you dealing with it down there at, at the beach? Well, you know, they keep trying to implement that we wear these, like, masks on our face, right? And if there's one thing, you know, the flames does, it's like, you don't want to be restricted down at the beach, you know? The flames is in the waves, and you got to be free, bro. Yeah, you're right, man. The last thing you want to do is go to the beach and be, you know, encumbered with all this, this stuff on your face and covering yourself up. Right. You just want to be out in the open appreciating the, the salty sea air covering your body with the million little dragonfly chrises, bro, shosh, eo, shosh, eosh. Did, did you say dragonfly chrises? Well, I meant to say kisses, but I said chrises and... I do have a girlfriend named Chrissy down here, so I guess it all works out, right? Okay, okay, I, I guess. Um, so, so how are you dealing with the authorities? How how do you get away with being on the beach without a mask, uh, Carl? Well, you know the Flames is known for his beach time ingenuity, right? Well, yeah, you always seem to come up with some kind of way to survive down there, right? And uh, so, so tell us, what do you do when it comes to wearing uh, the, the, the mask on your face? Well, what I've done, right, is I've created a new club down here during the virus, right? It's called Cirque du Soleil Thong, okay? Hold on, Cirque du Soleil Thong? Right. Okay, Cirque du Soleil, that's like the acrobatic people, the, the circus tumblers in Vegas and whatnot. Oh, they're very dexterous, bro. I mean, they can twist around like a fucking fallopian tube going down a toboggan run in the 1974 Olympics. I mean, they can twist, bro. Yeah, they're very flexible, and uh, I don't think there's a position they can't uh, they can't perform. Right, so we've decided the Flays put together what I call the Cirque du Soleil Thong Club, right? Okay, a thong club. That's interesting. So how does that work? You, you have to bring your own thong? Well, sort of, right? In order to be in the club, right? Because, you know, the Flames likes to get out at the beach au naturel. I mean, who needs a bathing suit when you got the sun wrapping itself around you, right? Yeah, yeah. You've talked about this, how you like to kind of... Be out in nature, and a lot of the time you don't wear anything at all. You just like to keep it free. Right, yeah, let, let the porpoise and the dewworm crawl around and play in the fucking sun and sand, right? But whatever, however you want to put it. So tell us how the Cirque du Soleil thong works. Well, we don't want to put, you know, the flames and all his compadres, brush. We don't want to 
put a cloth over our face, right? So what I came up with is if you want to be in the, you know, the Carl Flavor Cirque du Soleil thong club, right? What you got to do is you got to be willing to get totally bone duff naked, right? Okay, yeah, down to the... Down to nothing. Totally like Nacodius, Chotodius, Nacodius. I think that's the Latin term. Uh, for what? For naked. Okay, I don't know that that's the Latin term, but... Uh, well, can you verify that it isn't the Latin term? Well, I guess not. Well, then I guess that's the Latin term, brosh. Okay, what well, what do you do to... So, so people joining the Cirque du Soleil Thong Club... They have to show up naked. Right, but there's a caveat, right? You just can't show up, like, naked. There are requirements to the Carl Flaves nudity showcase, right? Okay, well, what are the, the requirements? Well, you basically can't show up bald, right? What do you mean, bald? You know, like, bald in the, uh, you know, the Bermuda Triangle or the, uh, you know, the pocket go for Groundhog Club. What are you talking about? Well, you know how a lady, when she grows a bushy bush, right? Are you talking about the, the pubic area? Right, like a lady grows a bushy bush, and when she grows the bush, what, what's the shape of it, brush? Well, I guess it's traditionally the, the, the shape of a, a woman's pubis when it grows in is, is the shape of a triangle, I guess? Right, right, and what is the shape of a mask for your face, brosh. Well, I guess it's sort of tapered. It's it's sort of like a rectangly, triangular type of thing. Right. Okay, well, what are you saying? So I'm also saying, like, if you're a dude-edder... A, a what? A dude-edder or a dude. Uh, are you saying a male? Uh, that's right, brosh. Okay, so if you're a man... Right, you can't trim the gopher hole either, okay? Why do you keep calling it a gopher hole? Because a gopher pops up. You ever seen a prairie dog come out of the prairies, Brace? Yeah, a prairie dog comes up out of the out of the grass. Right, so what do you think a guy's wiener looks like if it comes up out of the pubes, Brace? Good luck, Carl! Are you saying that it, when a man's wiener comes up out of its out of the, the the pubic hair, it looks like a prairie dog? You slap some buck teeth on the tip of your mushroom cap, and you got yourself a gopher, bro. A meat gopher. Okay, wh- how... So if you're a man, you have to also have an ample amount of bush on your groin? Right. Everyone who joins the Carl Flavor Cirque du Soleil thong club has to have a big endowment of bush okay and the point is um well i did say it's cirque du soleil right okay yeah where does the cirque du soleil thing come in right so what happens is if you're on the beach with the flames and you're in the duff and you got your patch hanging out right Okay, your patch hanging out. And, you know, you're standing there just having fun, having a social time, you know, trying to catch some waves with the flames, right? Yes. And all of a sudden, the popo or the authorities come up and try to bust you for not having a, a mask on, right? Right. That's when we kick into Cirque du Soleil mode. So what we do... I can't wait to hear this. What we do, bros, is... 
everyone stands on their hands, okay? What? What do you mean they stand on their hands? That's where the Cirque du Soleil think you got to be acrobatic. you got to be able to stand on your hands and walk on your hands the way the Cirque du Soleil freaks do, Brosh. Okay, uh, most young people can probably stand on their hands and walk around, but what's the point of that? Well, now suddenly, if we're upside down walking on our hands, right, and you've got a triangle bush on your pelvis with the girly girls, right? Oh, God. It looks like you're wearing a brown mask or a blonde mask on your face, broche. Are you telling me that you're... You get up on your hands so the authorities think that you've got a mask on your face, but it's really just the, the pubes covering your... Covering the vajayjay, bro, show, show, shiosh. Oh, my God. What? Okay, then how does this work for the men? Well, what the men have to do, they have to pull the gopher back into the gopher hole. What the hell does that mean? Well, you ever get your, uh, you know, Italian salami and push it back through your legs and then cross your legs, broche? Yeah, it's called a pullback. You, sometimes you did it when you were a kid because you're an idiot. You, you, you push your... You push your... Penis. You push your penis back through your legs and you cross your legs and it looks like... It looks like... It looks like you got a vajayjay, right? Okay, it's a stupid locker room prank, yes. So if you're a male and you're part of the Cirque du Soleil Thong Club... You get up on your hands, you pull your prey prey back through your hay hay, and now with your hairy bush, it looks like you're wearing a mask too. So you're telling me now that the authorities show up, right? And you all jump on your hands and you're naked, right? And before jumping up on their hands, the men push their peen penis back, back through their legs and close them. Right, so now it looks like they have a triangle. Oh, my God. And the women get up on their hands, and everyone's walking around on their hands. Right, and it looks like they're, now their groin is their face, and it looks like everyone's walking around with, like, a triangle mask on their face. And so you only have to walk around for a few minutes until the popo strut on by, brush. What the hell? So there's like 10 or 20? Sometimes 30 or 40 in the Cirque du Soleil Thong Club. So now there's 30 or 40 human beings. This is, uh, they're walking around on their hands naked. Right. The women have a hairy bush between their legs and it looks, it looks like a thong on their face. Right. And the men have pulled back their hairy gopher. They're hairy gopher, and now it look. So now you get all these people walking around, and they look like they have thongs on their faces, but really, it's their pubis. Right, and so we've been getting away with this for like three weeks now, brush. And you know, it's really cool, and more and more people are joining the Cirque du Soleil Thong Club. And I invite you to pull down your pants right now and ask yourself, how thick is my bush, brush? Well, I'm not pulling down my pants. To, to see if how big... what What's the matter with you? Are you sure you don't want to just take a quick look, brush? Carl, I am not pulling down my pants while I'm on a podcast to see how thick my pubis is. Well, I just want you to know, brush, we got a lot of hot California girls down here. 
Oh, there's some pretty striking beat up Bermuda Triangles happening right now, bros. I mean, it almost looks like a crop circle down here. Really? Yeah, bros. I mean, you know, it's really... Hang on, let me just check my pants. Yeah, check it out, bro. I'll, I'll, I'll wait on hold, bro. Oh my god, I, I guess I haven't trimmed it. I haven't trimmed in a little while. What, what's that, brush? I, I said I haven't trimmed in a little while. Well, I'll tell you what, bros. We're doing like a we're doing like a campfire at sunset tonight. If you want to come down and be part of the Cirque du Soleil Thong Club, I mean, is your bush hairy enough that you can hide the meat gopher? Well, uh, Rose. Y yes, I think I think I could tuck, I could tuck the meat gopher back into its hole, as you say. Rose, you're you're welcome to the Cirque du Soleil Thong Club, Rose. What what time is it at? Like sunset, bro. Like you know, just get down here when the when the sun starts dipping into the salty. Oh, okay. Um, great. Well, I'm glad we connected. Great, bro. And when you get down here, I'll tell you all about the beer racks. What, what do you mean, beer racks? Well, you've heard of a wine, wine rack, right, bro? Yeah. Well, we can't have, like, a Cirque du Soleil Thong Club without some beverages, right? Some frosty, frosty, frosty brushes, right? Are you talking about beer? Right, and so what I've made are these fake racks of tits, and you stick them on the girls, and inside they're full of fucking beer, man. Oh my god, okay, I'm, I'm gonna wrap the podcast up a uh, sunset, right? That's right, bros, we'll see you down here. I'm Carl Flaves, and I love the waves, bros. Keep it easy, have a flip curl on the side twirl, rubber duck fun stuff, jumble jumble shrimp funch. What, jumble, what? Holy God. Jeez, I, I think I just got sucked into C C Carl Flavor's Cirque du Soleil Thong Club, man. And okay, okay, yeah, so I have a bit of a hairy bush right now. How, how many of us don't? I mean, let's be honest here. During this lockdown, have, have a bunch of us kind of let our personal hygiene slip a little maybe? Can, can we be honest here? Maybe you're not showering as much as you normally do. Maybe you're not trimming your nails as much as, as much as you normally do. Washing your hair as much as you normally do. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I'm the only one. Sure, sure. Okay, maybe I got a little bit of a bush going. And and normally, I, I, I think you could hear I was kind of repulsed by what he was talking about. But then, but then I've been trapped in my home for almost a month and a half. And I'm not having any fun. I'm not hanging out at the beach where girls are wearing fake breasts full of beer. And everyone's walking upside down in the nude to fake that they've got a, a, a mask over their face. Then as soon as the cops go by, they all get back on their feet and they're partying. You know what? I could use some social time, okay? So, so crucify me. So I'm going to the beach at sunset. And I'm going to get naked and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some drinks from some breasts. And, and, and if, I, if I see any cops coming, I'm going to get up on my hands and do a tuck back. And I'm going to fake it that I've got a, a brown hairy thong on my face. And screw it. 
You know, I, I think being cooped inside is, is, is dangerous. It's not healthy. And if you listen to Carl Flavors, that guy sounds happy as a clam. He's, he's the one guy that's got it right. He's always got it right. Even when we're not in a lockdown, that guy just seems to have the best life ever. Damn. So throw me in jail. I'm, I'm joining the Cirque du Soleil Thong Club. Sue me. God. The Harlan Highway question of the day. Okay, here it is. Here's, here's the question of the day. It, it involves a sound. It involves a sound you either like or you hate. Here it is. The question of the day is, what is this sound? Do you know what it is? Can you figure it out? Oh, you're going to be mad when you find out. Because you've all done it. Oh, come on. Is it driving you nuts? Is it like claws on a chalkboard? You give up? All right. Here's what it is, and for some reason it should be annoying as all hell, but for some reason I like it. You ever pull your plastic straw out of the top of your soda cup? Or as I call it, pop? Right? You go to the movie theater and you get a great big giant glass of Coke or a Sprite or an orange crush. And you're watching your movie and you get down to the bottom of your your, your cola or your soda or your pop and you're drinking. And there's nothing left. So there's this empty, empty cup with a lid and a straw sitting there. And I don't know what it is. It's just a bad habit. I don't know what it is. But at some point during the movie, I always love to reach over and slowly pull the straw out. Now, it, it's a horrible sound. I'm going to give you that. It's, it's grating. It kind of, it's, it's kind of grinding. It's, it's, it's like, like I said, nails on a chalkboard. But for some reason, I like the feel of it. I like the sound of it. I like the visual of you. Know, you know that hole in the top of your, your, your lid when you stick the straw through, it kind of breaks up into four pieces, the lid, and it's like it's like four triangles, and 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 your your straws in the middle, and those four really pointy triangles are holding your straw in place. And then when you pull the straw up, it kind of it kind of fights those triangles of plastic that are trying to hold it in. I don't know. There's something about the visual of that. There's something about the sound of that. There's something about the the feeling that runs through your fingers. You can feel all the vibrations. And then I kind of like I like kind of like to think, "Whoa, how's this affecting the other theater goers?" I know it's kind of annoying. It's kind of maybe borderline mean. People are there to watch a movie, not hear this. Right? But for some reason, I do it. And sometimes I even wait. I'll, I'll wait for a dramatic pause. <laughs> Whether it be a horror movie or a love story or, a, or an intense drama. Sometimes, I don't know, am I being a douche? Or is it, is it the comedy guy in me? Or is it just, I'm, I'm bored? I don't know. But sometimes I'll just, I'll wait for that big line. It's like, 
I love you, Sarah. I love you, John. Are you coming with me or not? <laughs> I mean, right? Is that is that just wrong? Is that mean? And that, now some of you are sitting there going, what a douche. I hope I'm never in a movie with that guy around. What, a, what an asshole thing to do. And then how many of you, be honest, are sitting there going, holy shit. Next time I go to the movies, I'm going to wait for a quiet part and do that. Uh-huh. You know you are. I'm not the only a-hole in the room here. You know, you know some of you are going to do it. <laughs> and now it's like, now it's like a child. Now you're fighting it in here. You're like, no, no, I would never do that. I would never do that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Right? You're going to be at the movie, and you're going to do it, and you're going to think of me, and you're going to start laughing. And <laughs> I almost want you to phone me and tell me how it goes. But who am I kidding here? Are there any movies anymore? Are we going to the movies anymore? I just read a, an interesting article today about the future of movie theaters uh, if and when we come out of this virus. And the article was all about how movie theaters are not going to survive how that a lot of the independent movies are not going to survive and that and that this uh, this whole virus has accelerated the experience of people downloading movies at home you got to you got to think probably millions upon millions of people had have no idea what netflix is or amazon prime even though you might have it you're like come on how could they not know what it is believe me there's a lot of people I have a buddy who's very sophisticated, modern guy. He had never used Amazon until this virus, okay? There's a lot of people that just, they're so used to doing things that they, they don't, they don't want to start something new. It frightens them or they're afraid they'll get used to it or they, they think it's difficult or they, they just don't want to change. But this virus has, has really accelerated the whole digital era. It's forced people to now uh, engage with Amazon and, and Netflix and digital downloads and, and things on the internet that they never would have touched before. You know, possibly even porn too. You know, people that, that have, have never, really, you know, strayed into watching a pornographic movie. Think about it. A lot of us now are, are we can't date. We can't we can't go out. We can't we can't go and make out or hold hands or go to the movies or go out for a drink or dinner. So everyone I know it's been, yeah, I haven't been with a with a partner in, in months. I haven't I haven't seen anyone. I haven't, you know. So all these things that we used to go out for or all these things we used to drive to or walk to, now we're making them come to us. And so this article was saying that that the movie theaters won't be able to sustain or survive. And so the big digital media companies, and this was just the, the, the story from the reporter, it's not my uh, analysis, but this was the, what the reporter put it. He said that the big digital streaming companies like Apple and Disney 
and Amazon and Hulu, places like that, will buy up all the theaters. And then they'll be able to intertwine them with the releases of their movies. And they'll make them bigger, better experiences. Like they'll have Disney characters waiting at the door and they'll they'll channel people. They're going to redesign theaters. And instead of just walking into a theater, now they'll strategically have it that you have to walk through the gift shop on the way in and the way out. So now you go see a Disney movie. You know, you go see the new Little Mermaid movie and you're forced to walk through the, the, the merch store on the way out that's wall-to-wall with, with mermaid toys. And so I think you're going to see a lot of new inventive ways um, for movie theaters and and movies to be shown and and displayed and built. And uh, it's interesting. There's some interesting times ahead. You know, I'm in the comedy club industry. And I talk to my stand-up comedy buddies about it. We're like, we're like really worried. We're like, wait, what? How are we going to go back and and stand in front of crowds and be funny? And how how are we even going to share a microphone with another comedian? I mean, think of it. A microphone is like a Petri dish. Comedians have their mouths right on this round thing with with a screen on it that captures every little drop of spittle and bacteria and who knows what else. So I've never had a rider for my stand-up shows. A lot of guys have riders where they go, I have to have flowers in my dressing room. Or some guys are like, I have to have a new pair of Nikes before I go on stage. Like, There's some pretty like prima donna-ish people out there in, in my industry when it comes to riders. I've never had anything, okay? I just show up. If I want to drink an iced tea or a Gatorade or whatever, I just ask the bartender, boom. If I want a snack, I'll ask for some fries. I don't go in and play that whole, give me this, give me that. But I told my, my agent, I said, I said, Rick, I've never had a, a rider. I said, but going forward, if the club's open, uh, here's my first rider. I want a disinfected microphone that is my own, dedicated to me. So when, when the, my opening act leaves the stage, he unplugs his mic and takes it with him. And I walk on stage with my own sanitized microphone that that nobody has used. Because I don't want to get anything from another comedian and I don't want to give anyone anything else. And, you know, think about it. Those microphones are up there week after week, sometimes the same microphone for years. Who knows what's living? Maybe that's where the damn coronavirus started. You know, Johnny's Coconut Hut down in Florida. Johnny's Coconut Giggle Club. There's there's all these diseases brewing in the microphone. But then you gotta you you gotta think about okay, well let's say they do open the comedy clubs. Well, how many people will they put in? People aren't gonna want to sit shoulder to shoulder, and then they're probably not gonna allow people to sit within eight feet of the stage, which sucks because. You know, comedians and, and, and customers like the intimacy of a comedy club. You're right there. You're at the comedian's feet. You're all shoulder to shoulder. And, and, and laughing is contagious. So what happens is when you get that energy going, people start feeling the other people up and everyone likes to laugh together. And there's a real kind of harmony at a comedy club. But let's say a comedy club holds 300 people 
and now they're only allowing 120 in and they're spread out all over the place and they're not allowed eight feet near the stage and suddenly the room feels kind of empty. It sounds kind of empty. The energy's not as good for the crowd. The energy's not as good for the comedian. The club can't hardly sell any food or alcohol. I don't know if the comedians can do a meet and greet after the show. That might be gone. You know, a lot of comedians, including myself, we'd we'd meet the, the audience afterwards and sell T-shirts and say hello and shake hands and sign autographs and take pictures. I doubt that can happen anymore. And so how the heck does the stand-up comedy industry survive? Holy smokes. It's a, I got to be honest, it's a little scary. And, you know, I'm a guy that's pretty established. I've been doing this for 30 years. So, you know, if it stopped now, I'd be like, okay, I had a great run. I did just about everything you can do in stand-up comedy. I don't know if there's much else I could have done. But there's a lot of guys that are just getting going. There's a lot of guys that haven't even started yet. There's a lot of guys and girls that are partway there. There's a lot of guys and girls that were just kind of starting to get their stride. And then there's a lot of guys and girls that are, are kind of just those, those road comics that you know they're never going to be stars. They're never going to be on TV or in the movies, but they make their living doing a great show traveling around the country. And they're not necessarily looking for, you know, to be to be the next George Carlin or the next Jerry Seinfeld. But they're, they're content just being on the road and doing shows. And that's how they make their living. But that's gone. And you got to remember, there's a lot of comedians that, that, that dedicated their life to this, that, that, that passed over more traditional work and jobs so that they could follow their dreams. So it's a real uh, it's a real kind of interesting time right now for stand-up comedians. I don't know if you guys have thought about that at all, but uh, it, it's it might be the death of, of live comedy. Now that being said that they'll figure something out. I don't want to be like uh, the Grim Reaper here. They we will figure something out, okay? It, it's it's not like it's just gonna disappear, but it's it might take a while. It might not ever be the same. It might, it might not be as good as it was. I don't know. Maybe it'll be better. I'm, a, I'm an optimist, so I'll, I'll keep the candle in the window. But it's kind of, kind of intense right now, and I'm, I'm feeling it for a lot of, a lot of comedians. I'm worried, and not just comedians, club owners, and, and the wait staff, and the managers, and the bouncers, and the, the tech people. And I mean, there, there's a lot of. A lot of jobs at comedy clubs, man. And plus they pay a good rent for wherever they're located in a mall or, or, or whether they own a, their own building. It's, it's, it's like, the you know. So there's a whole industry there that's in, in peril right now. It, it could be one of the last ones to come back. Same thing with, with music venues, you know, singers and bands and what's going to happen to all that? Very interesting. Very interesting. And uh, you know what? Let me say this. Speaking of which, if you are jonesing for some stand-up comedy, okay, little little self-plug here, but um, this is interesting, and I'm, I'm glad I did this now that, that I'm, you know, now that this has happened, I'm, I'm glad I did this, but for 
years, maybe decades, I've been recording just about every stand-up show I've ever done. Okay, I, I bring my recording device on stage, I put it on the stool, and I record all my shows. And the reason I do it is because if you know me at all, if you know my stand-up act, I do a lot of crowd interaction. I love talking to the crowd. I love making up the jokes right in the moment, right in that second, right? To me, it's the purest form of comedy. Just boom, no time to write, no time to think. Just somebody yells something and you got to come back and be funny in the moment. And so I've always recorded my shows. And what I've been doing over the last few years is putting these albums together called Crowd Control. So what they are is they're, they're, they're um, albums I put together, and it's just a collection of all my crowd work. So I take the best of moments, and I compile them, and I put them together in a cohesive, like, digital download. And so you can uh, buy one of my downloads. They're between, like, uh, 40 minutes and an hour. Some of them are a bit shorter, half hour, 40 minutes, an hour. And it's like you're there at a live show. You can hear the crowd. You can hear the laughter. You can And you can hear all the material just happening in the moment. It's hecklers. It's people yelling. It's people talking. It's, it's so much fun. And so if you're craving that live stand-up comedy club experience, go and download Crowd Control. I just put them up on my website, Crowd Control Volume 3, 4, and 5. And Volume 5 is brand new. 3 and 4 have been out for a little bit. Uh, Volume 5, you're the first to hear of it. Okay, I just put it up. Nobody's even heard it yet. So if you're craving some live stand-up comedy and some in-the-moment interaction, I did it so that you kind of feel like you're there in the crowd, like you're part of the show and you're surrounded by the audience and you're involved in the heckling. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of unexpected, spontaneous comedy. I think you'll love it. Each download is only $3, okay? So think of it. If you were to go to a stand-up comedy show, your tickets for you and your date would be $40, two-drink minimum, your food, your tips, okay? You're talking probably $100 to go out and see a stand-up comedy comedian live. To come and see me live would probably run you about $100, if not more. Here, for $3, you get that same material that I did in those clubs. But not only did you get the material, it's completely new. It's material that I did once and will never do again. So it's completely unique. There may be a couple of albums where maybe something was like, a, you know, a, a thought occurred to me a second time. I think there's one or two where, where someone said a trigger word and I went, Oh, ba-boom-boom, boom. and in the moment I repeated something I might have said before, but it's very, very rare. Um, so it's tons of fun, so go check it out, harlandwilliams.com, and um, and you can download uh, Crowd Controls Volume 2, 3, and 4, $3 each, and I think you'll have a laugh. Something great to listen to as you're laying in bed at night just before you go to sleep. It's so much fun. So check it out, and uh, I hope you like it. I think it, for now it should replace uh, the live uh, stand-up comedy club experience if that's what you're jonesing for. 
Ah, good. So we'll leave it there on an upbeat note, a happy note. And I've got to go and trim my, my you-know-what just to make sure it looks, uh, it looks presentable when I get down to the beach shortly. And who knows, maybe I'll even see you there. Um, hope you had a good time today. Uh, don't know how much longer we, we'll be doing the podcast here, but as long as kind of we're going through the virus and the lockdown and, you know, we need some laughs, we need some levity, we need just to hear people talk, I'll, I'm going to keep popping them in here for a little bit longer. So I'm having a blast doing them, and I hope you're enjoying them, gang. Uh, be safe. Wear your helmet, wear your gloves, wear your face mask, wash your hands, um, put lipstick on, whatever you need to do, Thousand Island Dressing Ranch, whatever you got to do, and uh, until next time, stay safe and chicken chow mein, baby. It looks like you got a vajayjay, right? Ha, 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 ha.